Hey everyone, this is uh, Mark Ryan. Welcome back to the Questioning Mark podcast live from Abu Dhabi. And I was asked last time to just say a little bit about myself. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Mark Ryan. I'm from Ontario, Canada, Ottawa to be specific. And my education journey started in 2006, off to Hong Kong, and now in Abu Dhabi. And I'm here with two amazing guests, and I'll let them introduce themselves. George, please go for it. George. George. Uh, George Skorji from Australia. Worked in China, Uzbekistan. Uh, grew up in Britain. Been around a few places now in Abu Dhabi two years. Here we go. Uh, I'm Lise Farquhar. I've uh, been on the road as an international um, educator for over 20 years. Uh, did I say I was from Canada originally? Uh, no, you didn't. Yeah. All right. Um, and I bring this up at the beginning because this podcast is broken into three kind of sections. There's an education portion, one about lifestyle, and then others where we just talk to people about sports. So welcome. You are now on the education journey. If you don't want to be, no, stick around for 10 more minutes and then tune out. But no, we're, we are actually getting together here because of public speaking. And it was funny, before we started this, we said, oh, it's gonna, this is going to be fun, or, you know, I'm excited to do this, was kind of the vibe around the podcast. And I don't think most people think that when they have to sit and do an interview or a podcast with someone. It's more nervousness, this, you know, an apprehension. George, has public speaking been something that you've been good at your whole life? Never. When I was in uh, primary school, I had a stutter. I couldn't speak, and I didn't speak at all in high school. I didn't even speak to a girl until I was like 22, I guess. Are you serious? Yeah, man. I didn't. So, for example, in school, you have to do speeches and stuff and get grades. I just said, I'm not doing it, and you can't make me do it. And I just sat in my chair and was like, give me a zero. Uh, uh, okay. So, yeah, I couldn't speak, essentially, for all intents and purposes, I, I couldn't speak. Uh, tried speech pathology when I was a kid. Didn't work because I don't really believe in it wasn't fully committed to it and uh it got confident when i became a lead singer in a heavy rock band in the 90s what? and that okay. was when i uh that was when i got confident with public speaking when you're up on stage like a wall of noise and like fire. how were you able to take that first step to join a band uh because uh i was a guitarist and i yep. kind of grew up with nirvana and pearl jam and smashing pumpkins and i was like i can do that uh, and singing is slightly a different process from actually speaking. That's something I did get from speech, from speech pathology actually, that singing is a slightly different process and requires different breathing from kind of like speaking. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I joined a band. I basically had spent a year by myself working on a farm and I wrote an album and I thought, well, I need a band now. So I drove across the country for people who live in Australia. It's like a four day drive, uh, got into a band. Um, had my album, we practiced it for a month, we started right. doing shows, recorded it, and then over the next 10 years, we did three, 400 shows, a uh, few oh. albums. What um, was the band, uh, what's the name? Uh, we were called Porcelain Bus Driver. <laughs> it's <laughs> a long story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so we had heaps of names, but um, yeah, so that was kind of really my story becoming, so public speaking for me is essentially a performance, just an extension of being on a rock band, and you know, if you ever watched a, a rock band live, everyone looks at the singer they're like you know lord of the universe and right. so that essentially got me to over overcome my fear of uh, speaking in front of groups oh, thanks to Kurt Cobain then absolutely right? absolutely yeah, and Eddie Vedder hey, shout out Amazing. absolutely <laughs> Lise how about you uh, I have a very similar story to George I was uh, are you kidding me no <laughs> uh, yeah 
Okay, Kay. restart. Um, <laughs> not a similar. I have many connections to George in terms of uh, growing up being uh, on the silent side. I was terminally shy. And a friend of mine recently reminded me that uh, when we were in grade three in French class, uh, we had to put on these little plays. Mm. And my teacher had to modify uh, the activity for me and create an entire puppet theater so that I could demonstrate my French speaking from hidden behind a, a puppet screen. Right. And I still struggled to speak up, even in that, um, with, that, with that help and, you know, hidden. Um, and I went my entire life being very quiet. I would say in uh, high school sports definitely helped me gain confidence. Um, and I slowly did more and more um, public activities. But like I think, high school sports because you were yeah. a leader on the team or something? Yeah, and just active and participating. And I think it was more of a confidence builder. And I was always, um, you know, I got involved with student council and all of those kinds of things. Right. Um, but uh, I think the real turning point was when I worked in London. I left the classroom and I started working for this uh, company where I was delivering uh, training to teachers right across London. So I traveled to eight different London boroughs and uh, had to stand up and deliver training to teachers. Right. And I think that was where it's a hard I really, audience to capture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all jaded. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So There's I'd say that was the, the turning point. All right, so, that's yeah. cool. I, I would say I am a little bit different than both of you. I never really had a problem public speaking, but I did always get the red face public speaking, and I still worry about that with what we're going to talk about in a few minutes when it comes to what we're about to venture into in October, but uh, in Hong Kong when I started my television show in 2010 or 11, once I had makeup on, it was a game changer because I realized no one knew if I was nervous or not, and so therefore I never... I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it anymore. And I could just be this over-the-top presenter. Mm-hmm. And I, my, I don't think my face ever actually went red. Because you know you can feel it yeah. when you get nervous. Yeah, yeah. You can feel that blood rushing to your face. And I would do over-the-top stuff. I'd get on stage with hundreds of people out there in the audience. And because I had makeup on, mm-hmm. I knew that they wouldn't That's know cool. that I was nervous. Like and then therefore I didn't get nervous. But anyways, well, and it makes me think about your uh, experience behind the microphone. Yeah, as well. well, you become a totally different personality. Mm-hmm. You know, you wear different clothes, and you become a different animal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I compete in combat sports, as you know. And when you fight in front of a, you know heaps of people, the first thing going through your mind is, "I'm going to get smashed." Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you know that brings nerves and brings the red face. But mm-hmm. once you control your breathing, and once you kind of control your adrenaline, the fear and excitement are the same chemical process in your body, and yeah. so. Fear is just a little bit too much excitement. So right. if you're always pushing back against that idea that you're scared, then actually you just become more excited and then you look forward to those, mm. those, uh, those kind of experiences. I think that's an amazing lead-in, fear and excitement. So the three of us are venturing in. If uh, people out there don't know, uh, we will be part of the IB Global Conference happening in Abu Dhabi in October from the 24th to the 26th. You should come down and see us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, book your seats. And it is kind of that thing of fear and excitement, that balance. I didn't think about it being so closely connected. But if there was like a takeaway for people who can't come, and I'm not saying give me your whole thing right now, but what's the, what's the main takeaway you're hoping to, to pass on to people in this, 
IB Global Conference. Lise, we talked about this yesterday. We did our whole why, how, what kind of, what was that, golden circle? Yeah. Shout out to the yeah. golden circle. Yeah. Um, what, what is our big kind of, because Lise and I are doing it together. Yeah, um, I think what we talked about earlier with um, turning points in our lives, um, it's providing students with turning points and giving them opportunities to discover themselves. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Self-discovery. Mm -hmm. Self-discovery and, and, and providing not just in the... Because we're talking about the PYP exhibition and how students stage it and really bring their own voice, kind of that buzzword student voice to the PYPX, but it really is that they have the opportunity to express themselves in meaningful ways, right? Yeah, and um, inspiring other educators to uh, let go of the control and let the students lead and um, you know, don't don't worry uh, if you think they're going to fail. There is absolutely no failure mm. um, in the process, and uh, in the lead up to their exhibition presentation, there are just so many opportunities for them mm. to discover things they didn't know about themselves, about the way they work with other other classmates, um, and we really let them dive in and uh, and create and construct. And uh, I had one student who said, um, this is the first time I've ever actually seen one of my ideas on paper be That's realized. Cool. That's cool. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just trying to encourage more people to, to open up the way we have. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there we go. There's your big takeaway from Lisa and I. Uh, our topic is called Bored to Death, Bringing Life to the PYPX. So I hope everyone out there uh, gets a chance to uh, come and check us out. And I think there'll be web stuff and there will be afterwards. webinars yeah. so if you're not able to That's take cool. part those will all be available for um for anyone connected to uh oh george to you're on those webinars too man cool mm -hmm. i didn't know that but Get that's ready. okay by me yeah yeah so and and George, what's your takeaway? Well, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. I'm uh, presenting a portion of my PhD research work on school culture, uh, particularly uh, transition of international schools to be more host country students, basically meaning a um, Schools that are looking to be, uh, if you have an IB kind of school, people out there would know what that is, I guess, uh, a globally f kind of minded and globally focused, but at the same time um, honouring host country kind of culture as we have a changing demographic in schools, schools need to change. And so really I'm basically presenting um, a bunch of information on school culture and the role of uh, like leadership, teachers, responsibilities. Um, it's long, but you should come and check it out. <laughs> you can also read my thesis too. It's uh, take you. It's it, it's a hard read. Okay. I think it, yeah, it's so worthwhile. <laughs> it's a grind. Because, yeah, but uh, schools and communities are just becoming so much more diverse. Yeah. Now. And so, really, when everyone comes in with a whole bunch of different ideas and standards about how things should be done, mm -hmm. uh, those should coexist. But there also needs to be a unique school culture that's mm -hmm. a blend of of all of those ideas. So um, that's really what my focus is about. And. I think people m might assume that I give questions or let people know the talking points before we start these podcasts, but actually I don't. I just kind of have a rough guide of how I'm going to go through this. And it's just funny, the way we're talking and then I'm looking to the next question, I'm thinking that this is like a perfect lead-in. And we're talking about school culture, we're talking about three people, we're talking with a group here of obviously people who are really engaged to do personal PD, get out, share a message. How do we motivate the not only the students in this school to be risk takers like that and get involved, but also the teachers? How 
do you guys think about that? Do Absolutely. You, yeah, George? So I think that um, particularly if you look at changing habits of people, they engage quite shallowly with a bunch of stuff, whether that be as a result of overindulgence in social media or whatever that may be, but there's a, a lack of depth. People don't read long articles anymore. And unfortunately, developing yourself professionally and personally is a grind. It's a long process. If, if I look at my 12 years at university, that's a long time. Mm. Um, plus my 12 years at school, it's, right. it's like essentially more than half my life. And uh, so developing yourself as a person, it requires for me adversity. It requires dedication and time and focus. And so to engage people with it, uh, there has to be a presentation of a bigger picture rather than just living paycheck to paycheck or, you know, I'm going to go on a holiday in four months and that's the extent of it, which is totally fine. Yeah. But um, development of any kind is, a, is often a difficult process. I was talking to someone the other day about getting people to leave the privatization of their classroom behind and Absolutely. the idea of sharing the small things. that they, Well, the things that they think are small but actually could have a huge impact on the people around them. And I'll give you an example. There's a teacher in grade five here. Great relationships with parents, um, a great ability to connect with that parent community and really just eliminate a lot of her classroom management problems. And she does that through, I think she would say, common sense practices, but I think Common People. sense is basically a superpower. It's how rare it is. <laughs> like, it's so rare. When you find it, you're like, that guy is amazing. Right. <laughs> and I think those people who have that superpower, yeah. you know, they need, they need to be pushed a little bit that, that mm. those kinds of things also need to be mm. shared. And Absolutely. so that's what I'm trying to do here in the school is find the things that people are doing that they think are non, non-motivators, non-issues, mm-hmm. but just let them know that there, is, there are people that will benefit from that experience. Liz, what do mm-hmm. you think about motivating students? Or? Uh, I'm a bit of a fanatic about transdisciplinary learning. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, although I am an art teacher, um, that is only one part of uh, who I am. And um, so I, in school, I model that. Um, I don't run an after-school art club. I help coach girls soccer. And um, I think that's, that kind of stuff is really important. You know, walking out of the school and changing out of my fancy dress and high heel shoes and into my soccer coaching uniform mm-hmm. and seeing the kids and hearing them say, Ms. Lees, you're an art teacher, but you know, why, why are you dressed like that? Right. And um, helping mm-hmm. them to see that people have so many sides to them. Yeah, right, and that they can explore those things. Exactly. They don't have to be boxed into mm-hmm. one kind of identity. Absolutely. Yeah. We are now in the final stretch. Damn, we're just getting started, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's how, that's how it rolls. Uh, hopefully we can get back here, uh, maybe just before we get into the IB Sweet. Global Let's Conference, and talk again about, I'm guessing fear. No. <laughs> excitement, you yeah, mean. Yeah, excitement. yeah, excitement. Yes. And, and then afterwards, and let everybody know how it went, because I'm sure it's going to be amazing, but... To wrap it up, if you could just let me know in about a minute, what are the summer plans? Are we looking at uh, relaxation? Are we looking at prep? Are we looking at mixed martial arts and getting ready for the UFC? And uh, get definitely ready? getting ready for the UFC. We had some friends fighting on the card, I think. Are you uh, serious? Yeah, maybe. A couple of guys from our gym are still in negotiations. But uh, uh, I, I, like my time is taken up with research and writing and thesis and marking people's essays and stuff. So summer is just Norway, Finland, uh, you know, Sweden, cool. Denmark actually. So 
four weeks, come back, start some writing and some prep. Um, and that's it, ready for, you know. Sounds exciting. When it all gets rolled up again. Here we go, Lise. Excellent. Uh, I go on an annual cross Canada tour with my kids to go and visit uh, family and friends and enjoy the great outdoors and being active. And uh, like George said, we just don't take enough time to read in depth anymore. Mm. And so my, my plans are to listen to uh, the Cult of Pedagogy podcasts all over again and follow up on uh, all of the, the great, uh, great things that, uh, that you can discover from it at de- in depth. Amazing. You can, find, uh, you can find me at the cottage, 30 minutes from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I will be reading. I will be relaxing. I'll be spending time with my eldest daughter and I say that she's four and my parents at the cottage and I will be pushing in with hashtag run and rant so all the run and rant community out there I hope uh, you continue to get active get out get physically fit and reflect and share your perspectives on topics so I will see the run and rant community and I will see the rest of you George thank you Lise always a pleasure Mm -hmm. questioning mark we're out